Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 157. And before we get into today's exciting episode, which I think you all will really enjoy, I want to encourage you, if you're not already, to follow along with us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland. There, this week, at least we'll be posting our pictures from our October trip. We finally had the chance to edit those, and we're excited to post them and share our vacation with you all. Yeah. So our interview today is with Donna, who runs Brand by You. Brand by You is mainly a clothing company, but Donna also explores many other avenues in the content area as well. And just to preface the episode a little bit, I think Donna is a great example of how much you can learn from someone sharing their story, but also sharing their full story and sharing the good things and the bad things and sharing where their minds are at and things like that. So Catherine and I were super excited with how this episode turned out. We hope that you guys enjoy it as well. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and let Donna kick it off and introduce herself and tell one random fact that we may not know about her from social media. All right. Well, hi, I'm Donna Fabor. And as you guys so lovely put, I do run Brand By You. Um, um, A lot of people don't know that my last name is also a city in Europe. So it's very possible that I'm already a princess in making. There you go. And I think that is something worth looking into because if it happened to me at Thermopolis, it could definitely happen to you. Oh my goodness. If only. (laughs) That's one of those things that maybe you just go and like see if there's any like trust funds left for anybody with your last name. Just just a shot in the dark, maybe. Just show up to the bank and be like, hello, I'd like to open and withdraw everything (laughs) out of this bank. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Could happen. It's worth a shot. Who knows? Worth a shot. Yep. (laughs) So to kind of get everything rolling, first off, we want to hear about your Disney story and then how it's evolved over time and kind of led you to create Brand by You. Okay. So I guess I have a very similar story as most everyone does in this Disney community is that your your parents get you into it. Of course, that's always where it starts. Um, I can't remember the first time I ever went to Disney. I just know that I always was dressed up as one of the characters when it came time for Halloween. So, I mean, for one of the first Halloweens I remember, I was Tinkerbell. And then the year after that, I was Tinkerbell again because I just loved the little fairy outfit. And then my mom, her favorite picture of me is me as like a five-year-old. And um, I was dressed in this Nala sweatshirt that had like a mane on the hood. So uh, one of the Disney bounds I did a few months ago when they came out with like the new Lion King, they had those like Simba headbands. So to surprise my mom, I kind of like did a little Disney bound of that and then put a side by side of my dorky picture because she just gets a kick out of it every time. And I posted it for the world to see. So now she gets to share in my humiliation with everyone else. (laughs) Is there anything better than like taking a kid that's dressed up as a character to Walt Disney World? I feel like that's like every Disney person's dream is to do Maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. And then it's all embarrassing for the kid, but they don't know it's embarrassing until they're 25 and posting it on their Instagram. <laughs> yeah. At least it's good content. Yeah. That sweatshirt yes. would probably be worth a lot of money. 
Yes. Oh, geez. I think my mom has it somewhere. The best um, kind of Instagram post I ever made was um, back in 2009, I got to um, meet the Jonas Brothers. And at the time, that was the thing. Okay. So they came to Los Angeles to do their world tour. And it was like on a Friday that they had it. So I went up there and saw the concert. And then Sunday morning, I got an email from Team Jonas, which was their fan club, saying that I've been randomly selected of the people in like the Southern California area to go up to be at the Teen Choice Awards. And I cannot emphasize how dorky I looked back in 2009. (laughs) Didn't have a fashion sense, didn't do my hair, had no idea how to use makeup. So none of that was involved in me meeting the Jonas Brothers. And it is all on YouTube because, of course, YouTube documents everything. So for the longest time, my boyfriend, my mom, and my closest friends from high school, they just had one up on me because they all knew that was like my shame. And then this last year, it was like the 10-year anniversary of it happening. So I posted it on Instagram and you can see in the comments, like one of my high school friends was like, well, how am I supposed to blackmail you if you're going to like post it for everyone? I'm like, exactly. You have nothing (laughs) on me now. (laughs) That's awesome. Nostalgia plays. Social media Mm -hmm. loves nostalgia. I mean, we we were just, we went to my parents' house recently and we found all of my old autograph books. And I bet if we could find a cool way to do like an, an IGTV of that, people would really enjoy stuff like that i also have all of my old star wars action figures in the boxes in the boxes still so i mean my mom would fight you over those (laughs) but like doing things like that that were dorky at the time as a child bring those Mm -hmm. back because that plays right now i i agree yeah so you started we did we did our research check for (laughs) us you started brand by you in 2014 so congratulations on being business five years now that is a huge accomplishment because we always talk about that the test of time is one it can be one of the most difficult things to get over but let's dial that back and can you take us to that moment that you decided to start it kind of what conversations took place what was the inspiration how did it first get life and how has it grown over time so before i answer that i will say this as i was looking over my um, viewership for today on the website because I have the ability to stalk people. Um, I actually saw you guys. I didn't know it was you. I was just like, who is spending 50 minutes on my profile looking at like Meet the Makers <laughs> and all this stuff? I'm like, wow, like this person is either really into me or is trying to kill me. <laughs> so nice to know it's you. Okay, that answers that question. All right. So, so Brand by You was actually a fleeting thought. I was on a flight back from my family vacation in January of 2014, uh, flying back from Utah. So really short flight, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours, um, to get back to San Diego. And I mean, I, I would always bring books and draw on planes, plane rides. And I just, I don't know, for some reason I'm sitting there and I got really sick of listening to music. And so I just asked the flight attendant for a bunch of napkins and I wrote at the top brand by you. And I just started drawing a bunch of shirt ideas. I had no intention of like building it into what I think it is today. It was just, you know what? If I could have everything my way with my apparel, this is how I would want it. And 
the reason it's called Brand by You, and a lot of people don't know this, is because it was kind of making fun of all of those um, high-end brand names, like Mark by Mark Jacobs and, you know, <laughs> everything else. And I thought, to oh, Michael by Michael Kors. That was the other one. And to me, it astounded me that I'm like, you couldn't come up with anything clever than your name. And it was just, this brand is by you. And that's what I wanted because I found it so frustrating. Every time I would go shopping at like Macy's or JCPenney or Kohl's, that I'm, like they carried really cute Disney stuff, but there was always something wrong about it. Like either the fit was like really tight or the color was not my color. Or for some reason they had crew necks for at the time I hated crew necks because I didn't feel like I was suffocating. Um, so I was like, <laughs> I want, I want to build a brand that people can pick what they want, but they're not limited to one style and one color. So I don't, I mean, a lot of people now don't even do that. And the thing I hated about like the people I did see were, was that they were limiting it to it on one color. Like, wow, that's a great design that you came up with. No one else is making that. But I don't like the color yellow and I don't look in, in yellow and you've only offered it in yellow. Or the other thing was that um, they would do um, releases or restocks instead of just make to order. And I've tried to flip flop back and forth between make to order and restock. And I just like the flexibility of make to order because people aren't limited by the amount of quantity I have because I can't delegate between like um, getting different sizes and then a whole bunch of different colors and then a whole bunch of different styles to kind of see what people would want or like guess what people would want. I'm like, just, just tell me what you want. Like that's so much easier than me trying to guess about it. So it kind of started from this idea that I'm like, I want to build a brand that doesn't limit people and that I want to build a brand that people can feel like they're building the brand. That I'm just saying, here's a cool design. What do you want it on? Let me print that for you. Let me get a color that suits your skin type or let me get you a style that suits your body type. Just tell me what you want and I will print that for you. Um, and then, yeah, by the time I got off the plane, it was just like I had a bunch of napkins with a bunch of um, designs on it. Not necessarily all were Disney, but I was happy just having that. And then come around to August 22nd, 2014, I was like, you know what? I've done my research. I've put a lot of work into trying to build my Etsy page and the logo that I wanted. And that logo has air quotes around it. And and then I started Yep. And from there, August 22nd has always been near and dear to my heart. I love that. I mean, I think it's very well thought out and there are definitely, you know, there was a long thought process, you know, and it, it definitely takes a while to build. But in all of that, like you are sticking true to what you wanted and like what you found was missing in the market. And I think that's important that you're not, you know, copying what someone else is doing or that you found like what makes everything different and you're going and you're sticking with that because I feel like yeah. that's what keeps everything moving forward or propelling forward. Yeah, for sure. I can't tell you how many times that I thought I had an original idea and then I would Google it and someone else already had it. And that's always been a close, um, 
thing that I've tried to hold true to for my brand is obviously like making it something that no one else has seen. Like, I don't want to do a rendition of best day ever. I don't need to do that. There's so many out there. I don't need to be one of them. But it's coming up with Guardians Radio, Crush's Surf School, Pirate or Black Pearl's Caribbean Spice Rum. I really like those types of things because if someone were to copy me, heaven forbid, you would know that it came from me. Mm-hmm. There's no other denying about that. But I always like if I have a good idea, Google it, Etsy search it, do everything that you possibly can to look it up first before it goes out there. I don't want to be another design in the world of designs. I want to be stand alone in that you got this for me and you know you got it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm so interested in what you talked about, about doing the made to order versus having, you know, stock on hand. I feel like that is such a big obstacle for so many shop owners to get over is that like you love this design. And so you order, you know, you meet the minimum order at whatever print shop you work with and you get 50 of them. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you order all the wrong sizes or it doesn't sell like you wanted to. And then you're just stuck sitting on this inventory. And I feel like your method has allowed you to push out more designs and, and venture out because you're not, you know, sitting on something you know, saying, all right, well, I had to sell so many of these to fund my next project. It's kind of that you can try things out, test them out. Maybe, you know, there's some downsides to that, but I feel like that's such a good approach if you can set it up on the front end correctly. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, there are certain items in my shop that are um, restock or inventory levels, but it's never to the point that it's like, someone can't get something. There are certain things like my spirit jerseys that I have, which are the authentic spirit jersey brand, which is a lot of people, what a lot of people don't know is that spirit jersey is the brand. It's not the style of shirt. So working with spirit jersey to make my custom jerseys, they have to have, like, I have to buy the inventory. And there's been plenty of times that I've had really good ideas where I want to buy inventory for it. And then it just doesn't happen which is all fine and dandy. This is how this business works. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather do make to order because I don't like guessing. And it's impossible to try and guess people's wants and needs at the time that they're going to have it. Yeah. I mean, it's a conversation that we have had as we've like kicked the tires on doing some sort of apparel or something. And it's like, if you're going to hold inventory, you better make sure that you kill it with that first design or or you're behind the eight ball for quite a while. And you're going to have to find money from somewhere else. You're going to have to, you know, cut the cable bill, whatever it is (laughs) to be able to fund the next thing. Well, then what if that one fails and you're sitting on all kinds of inventory, but the more flexibility I think you have can set you up where you can, you can find that home run design and you can really double down on that instead of just hoping and guessing. For sure, especially in this time right now, in the last two years, especially too, with all the changes to the Instagram and Facebook algorithms, even Google algorithms, I commend those people greatly that can can stock what they need to stock and still sell out. And it's incredible. They're they're an inspiration to me, and they're probably an inspiration to lots of people. But it's incredible that they can do that for their business. It's just not something I can do, just because. I lack the amount of exposure I could have been getting if the algorithm never changed. I could probably be pulling it off, but 
who knows? That That is a discussion for maybe two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the perfect segue because something that we really want to hit on well, and I want to learn the foundation of it as well, is when did you decide to branch into the content side of it as well? So I can't remember the exact time. I believe it was this last June or July. It had to be. Um, oh, yeah, it was June. So I was driving up to Disneyland, and I don't know, like I put on, um, what's it, Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, and that was the entire trip up was listening to that song and I was going through like a rough month right around that time of just like thinking things over kind of getting upset about the algorithm I just allowed myself to be so upset about everything that it was doing to some of my really good friends on this platform of like them feeling like they weren't enough and then some of my shop friends who've been shoved out of their businesses because of this algorithm I'm like thank goodness I still have my dream but it's not the same. And I just, the entire trip up, I was just so angry. And by the time I got there, I just remember sitting in the Disneyland parking lot and I put up a story. I was like, you know what? I am about this close to pulling a rogue card here. I am about this close to doing what Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato have done and just like going rogue on everybody because I'm so mad about all of this. And everyone was super supportive. They're like, you know what, girl, do it throw your hat into the ring, see what comes out at the other end. And that's exactly what I did. And from that point on, I was like, I am tired of this weight bearing me down of like, I have to be a shop, you know, like no one else views me as everything else, but I want to post what I want to post, which is cute outfits and talking to you guys like a real human being and not just being like the shop is open. Here's a discount code. You get free shipping today. Like I wanted to have conversations with people. I wanted to be treated like I was a human being because I'm the only person behind this page. I'm the only person running this Instagram. I do get help in busy seasons with the printing of all of it. But in terms of the face of it, in terms of who's having the conversations with people, it's me. And I wanted to be able to show myself to those people. And that was kind of where the turn was. I'm like, you know what? Let me open up to you guys. And I promise you it's going to be so much better content, but I'm not going to do it unless the support is there of like, this is not what you followed the page for. You followed the page for a shop. But if that's not what you want, then I'm not going to switch over to more personal stuff. But everyone was like, do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> and I do think that stands out because when I – creeped on your blog for 50 minutes today, there is a really good mix of everything. You know, you do have your Disney style and your park tips, but I think what did stand out to me the most were, you know, your section that was titled Life Lessons because they are very real. And, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, self-awareness and, you know, you do write about things that aren't necessarily you know, magical. And there's feelings to that. And I do really appreciate that, you know, as just another person within the content realm, because there are definitely times where people just see you as, you know, you're a fluffy Disney loving, you know, like sunshine and rainbow. And that's not always the case. So I think it's really refreshing to read your posts and see that like we're humans and we experience emotions and we have bad days and you can share that. And then to get support from it too, I think is really valuable. 
Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. And I, and I, because we've experienced that, you know, you sit and you think over something and you think and you think and you think and you go back and forth, like, should we share this? You know, do people want to hear about this? Should we talk about it? And it's a hard balance. So what kind of gave you that confidence? I mean, you talked about, you asked for opinions, but what really gave you that push? Uh, so June would have been the first, I call it my crappy anniversary or crap anniversary, if we want to shorten it. Uh, so last summer, um, I broke up with my boyfriend and he was, you know, love of my life kind of thing. So it really tore me up. So, I mean, we're back together now, so it's fine. But it took a lot of time before we got back together. But it was just like this was the first year that it was coming back up. and it was, it all started coming back to me. I'm like, this was a really tough time for me last year. And I mean, I, I felt so bad because I lied to my followers and I have always prided myself on not lying to people. I always tell people the truth, even if it's not something they want to hear, but that's what they're asking me for. They're asking for the truth. And I just had always felt so bad for that entire year for going online and being like, you know what, I'm canceling all these orders. I'm super sick. I can't do it. It's a medical emergency. But when the reality was like, I couldn't get out of bed. Like there were days that I just did not move and it scared my family and it scared my friends. But at the base of it all, after all of the healing, it still stuck with me that I was so scared when it was going on of what people would think of me or the relationship that I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to tell them the truth. I didn't want to be the sissy that's like, you know what, guys, I got broken up with, or I broke up with him or whatever the situation was and, and come forward and be that raw with people when that, that entire time I was handing out magic. It didn't feel authentic to bring everybody down when no one was asking for it. You know, we always see those Facebook posts of, people go through a tough time, but then they milk it for everything it's got. And it's annoying. And I didn't want to be that person that's like, you know what, I'm not coming on Facebook today. I'm not feeling it. I can't do orders today because I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to Disneyland this week because I'm not feeling it. It just seemed like a cop out. And I didn't want people to view me differently because of it. So with this last year, and all the healing that went or was I went through and that he went through and we went through, it got to that point that I was like, I think it's, I think I'm ready to open up about it. And if no one reads it, it's fine. But that was the pinnacle of it. So that was like kind of my first rogue series, I guess, was that, that blog post about the breakup. And I, because I only went rogue because I was listening to seven rings the entire time up to Disneyland before I like posted that. I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. Um, I kind of said it to that rhythm like it's a very um a rhythmic blog post and i did not think that i could do that i didn't think i was capable of writing something like that and um i probably cried about five different times writing it but i think it's absolutely beautiful post and i got a lot of support out of it and everyone's like oh my god we never knew i'm like yeah because i never told you (laughs) (laughs) um but it, it was just a weight off of my shoulders that needed to happen before anything could change with brand by you. So I'm glad that was the pinnacle moment of it. Cause something that 
changed me so much last year was able to change the page this year. Mm-hmm. There's so many like really great things to pick out of that whole experience. And, you know, I know our listeners can really connect with that. And I think it is important that you do share those moments and and your story once it is the right timing for you. And I think, you know, having the, you know, self-awareness to realize I'm not ready for this yet. I'm not ready for this. And then once it clicks, then you can gather your thoughts a little bit and then you can start putting a message out there that other people can connect with. So I think that is really great. And, and, you know, just speaking specifically about the algorithm, you know, we talk about it so much that authenticity is what sticks. Authenticity is what sticks. Things like that. If so, I think someone hearing your message and, and hearing you be able to talk about those things and how they've affected you and how they affected your business and your personal life. I think those are the things that keep people coming back that, hey, I haven't seen Donna's post in a, in a few days. Like I'm going to search for it and see what I miss. Things like that, I think really help to try to beat some of that mental game that you're constantly playing against these social platforms. For sure. For sure. So many people are trying to fight against the algorithm. And I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but last week I posted one of my stories that I downloaded this app called Preview where you can just kind of throw up all of the the posts that you want to post so you can see if they look correct together because what I'm trying to do is the the very popular theme of doing the three post series mm-hmm. I've gotten I really like that and there's a lot of uh, people I follow that are really good at doing that so I wanted to try it and I had a lot of content so I put it all up and it just looked gorgeous I was so proud of it that I just wanted people to know that it's like despite whatever engagement I get on this I'm proud in advance of all of the work I did for this I don't care if it only gets a hundred likes but I'm proud of it now. And I think a lot of people right now have forgotten that part of Instagram of being proud of what they post as opposed to feeling torn down by what they post and not getting the engagement they want and not getting the reaction they thought they would get. But it's like, that was my disclaimer. I'm like, I don't care if you don't comment. I could get zero followers, whatever the case may be. I'm proud of it now because this is beautiful to me. I hope we get there. (laughs) and that's speaking from a very real place that that is something that like these past couple weeks we have struggled and Mm -hmm. it's like all right let's try a picture of us let's try a picture of halloween let's try whatever we can to just throw out the wall but i think it's a very you know mature thing to be able to get to that point and say i'm posting this for me like i enjoy sharing something like this and let we'll see what happens with it. So I think that's a, a work in progress, but I commend you for being able to reach that point. Well, I mean, if I'm being authentic with you guys, like brand by you was my full-time job for um, about two and a half years. And then when that first real big algorithm change hit in October of 2017 is when you can start to see a lot of people's pages kind of diminish And that's when I started losing business. That's when I started getting into debt. That's when I started not being able to offer people all these new designs that I have in my head. And the accumulation of all of that pain came in um, this last June. And that was part of one of the reasons as well. So this is not my full-time job. In fact, I'm working to pay off all of the debt involved in this business. And it's sad. It is. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way with this being 
hopefully a business that you can run off of and have no other jobs. But this is what it used to be for me. And now it's not. And I do have those moments where I'm like, maybe I need to try something else. Maybe I need to do something else. Maybe I need to offer something else. And it's never worked. At this point, that was that breaking point for me with the algorithm was like, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop trying to work against this and just be happy with the results that I'm getting. And hopefully people will see that I am happy and okay with it. And they'll learn to be okay with it too. Because I know it's hurting a lot of people. And it's weird to think that a set of numbers and a set of rules and guidelines within the algorithm is almost deterring people from being happy. It's insane. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. There's there's so much to talk about here, but I just, <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. Like, I just yeah. love that you're sharing that message because sometimes you do feel so siloed in situations mm-hmm. like that. You feel like, why are all these other people growing or, or, you know, what are they doing that's so much better than me? When really they are struggling with their own fight and just, you know, there's not as many people willing to go out there and do that. I'll share one thing that I heard on another podcast. I think it was Joe Rogan, but I can't say for sure. But he talked about, and I know you have a post, uh, I think it's an Instagram post about this, talking about how Instagram, like their whole job is to keep you on the app longer. And I'm one of those people that... I I just recently turned off notifications, but before that, every time I got a notification that someone liked to post, I'd go and then I'd go to the notifications tab and I'd scroll down to see if if I refreshed if someone else liked it. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were able to prove that Instagram will withhold likes when you do that so that you keep pulling down on it to try to get it to refresh and refresh and refresh and fresh because they know they've got you there. So your post yeah. really has, you know, 30 likes, but they're only showing you 20 of them because they're withholding the rest of them to keep you latched onto it even longer. So it's just, I think being aware of things like that really help the mental side of it because it's a game. That's really all it is. It's just uh, trying to keep your head above water. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't even know that. So that's good to know. (laughs) Yep. They're sneaky. They are. They're sneaky sneaks. (laughs) So before we head into the fast pass round, I know this has been a long portion, but I want to hit on it about the design aspect of the business. So now, whenever you think of a new design, what does that process look like? Where do you draw inspiration from? How do you decide what, you know, where, what you're going to offer to print it on? Things like that. Okay. So back when it was a fairly new business, I would hand draw all of these designs. Um, there's so mouse ears and cold beers started as a hand-drawn design. I drew that out with a piece of paper and pencil and scanned it in or took a picture of it and then did some really funky, probably really weird to an actual graphic designer stuff to turn it into what it is right now. Um, from there, I kind of started using a free program that was really close to Adobe Illustrator, but wasn't. And started twiddling with that. And then somewhere along the line, I told myself that maybe I should start being a little more professional with this and started hiring graphic designers. Um, But I've always been very specific about what I want because I have a vision in my head. And it's a terrible habit or a blessed curse that I will tell them, I'm like, this is what I want. This is how I want it. 
These are kind of the things I want arranged, but I give them freedom in a sense that I'm like, but please throw your own style on it. Like this is not supposed to hinder you in your ability to create something because I always know um, graphic designers also have like a signature look and a signature touch that they want to put on it. And I don't want to um, hinder their own style out of it. So I would always kind of direct and then see what comes back and then correct from there. Um, now what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to hold myself back from designing anything new and work with what I have, which is why I have those two new character pins, which are a rendition of mouse ears and cold beers, but they mimic the character likeness of Jack Skellington and Sally stitches. And hopefully I'm hoping because that is like my baby mouse ears and cold beers, um, that hopefully, um, it takes off enough to the point that I can do other characters like Lulu and Stitch and um, I don't know, all the princesses and their princes. And cause that's what I want to do. I want to work with this a little bit more cause it's always been my number one seller that it's a dream to have that. But obviously it's outside of my design capability. So I do have a graphic designer, but he does have the, the original file of mouse ears and cold beers to make those ones. So that's kind of where it's at right now. Um, I usually try and give them some sort of rough draft of a sketch to go off of, but I do trust the people I work with enough to know that they know what they're doing. So they are more than capable to do it. (laughs) I think that's really interesting because I don't think we've ever met anyone that works with a graphic designer or allows them that creative freedom, because I can imagine that that would be hard on your part just to kind of give some of that up. I mean, and like you said, they're professionals, but is that ever frustrating? Like when they don't get what you're trying to put out there? Um, I would say I've never had the moment of being frustrated because they didn't understand. And I am that kind of person. I get very easily frustrated if I have to repeat myself, um, which I know that one is a terrible habit. Um, but I always try to give them as much detailed information that they need that, they understand what I'm saying, but they also understand where their um, brain can come in a little bit and add to it as well. I have no problem of working with someone because I know that who I work with are, yeah, like you said, professionals. They know what they're doing. Um, but every time I've had someone design something for me, it's always come out flawless and better than I expected it to be. So I appreciate that input they give me and I wouldn't have gotten what they've had given me if I had not given them that, uh, that leeway to design based on what they wanted to design with what I gave them. That is so awesome. I'm so interested in that whole process that that's, uh, I thank you for sharing that. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think this has been a wonderful first portion of the episode. Donna, I thank you so much for being so forthcoming and so open about everything because I promise you it helps so many people, who are working on their business or thinking about a project that they want to launch, learning about those bumps and those obstacles that you have to overcome and how they've affected you, I think is so important. So I thank you for doing that. We'll take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we will be back for the fast pass round. In today's social media world, trying to gain exposure and trying to capture someone's attention for just two or three seconds as they're scrolling through social media can be very difficult. Having the right picture to grab someone's eye to be able to have those few seconds is so important. Luckily, there's a solution out there that is called the Photo Reserve. And what that is, is it allows you to have access 
to so many different professional Disney photos that you can use for your own reasons and use to share your message. So maybe you have a mix. You share some of your pictures and some of the photo reserves pictures just to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward on social media and grabbing someone's attention. We found that it is especially helpful for Pinterest, which is a little less personal of a platform than, say, Instagram or Facebook. So if it's something that you think would help you and your project, you can head to reportthemagic.com forward slash detour. There you will find the Pinterest guide that Kirsten put together, and also you'll get six completely free photos to check out and see if it's something that works for you. Again, that's reportthemagic.com forward slash detour, or hit the link in our show notes. All right, we're back. So basically what we're going to do is we're just going to throw out these Disney topics or questions, and you'll just give us the first thing that comes to your mind so we can learn about you more. Okay, I'm not stressed at all. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they're they're pretty easy. Nothing to be worried about. All right. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Ooh, Disneyland is the only one. <laughs> Ooh, so between Disneyland and DCA, which one is your favorite and why? Oh, my goodness. I, I think I love Disneyland for the rides, but I love DCA for the photo ops. Ooh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So what would be your Disney bucket list trip? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I've been told that I cannot do Disney World in a week. So I need to spend at least three weeks there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big bucket list. Um, I would want to stay at the the really, um, I guess, expensive places. Like I want to see the Floridian, the Polynesian, and the um, Wilderness Lodge. Um, I want to take in everything that park has to offer because it's ginormous. I want to do Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. I don't need to do Universal. That's not part of the Disney trip. Um, I want to do Typhoon Lagoon because I, I always remember seeing all those really cool commercials on the Disney Channel for like the little segments they had about Typhoon Lagoon. I love a good water park, so I want to go there. Um, I think that's mostly it, but everyone talks about how Disney World is so great, and I've never been there, so I just have my thoughts and Instagram to appease me for now. That is so – I mean, like, because Disney World has been our park being in Tennessee because it's easier to access. But I feel like there's so many Disney World people who think that same way about Disneyland, especially recently it seems like everybody's like, visit the motherland, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's – we still say that. We loved Disneyland. We just went for, what was it, three days? Yeah, we need at least two weeks next time. Yeah. Yes. And I can't tell you how many times, like, some of my Instagram friends that are on the East Coast, they're like, oh, yeah, I get so much better engagement when I go to Disneyland. I'm like, you want to just send those people over to me? Because that's literally (laughs) all I post about. (laughs) Yeah. You want what you don't have. Yeah. Right? And then they're like, oh, my goodness, change in scenery. I'm like, yeah, you would have gotten that change of scenery on my page. (laughs) (laughs) So next one would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Okay. So I'll do favorite Disney resort I have stayed at is the Grand Californian. And from the pictures I've seen, I feel like I could say that the Polynesian is my favorite on the East Coast. Dole Whip on demand. Good problem to have. I really like the tropicalness of it. Hawaii has always been my favorite vacation destination, so I can get on board with the theme. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. 
So this next one, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Splash Mountain, hands down. You know, it's always so hot here, even in December. It's like 85, which I say that knowing that it's so much hotter in Florida with the humidity. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I am a spoiled San Diegan at heart. Anything below 65, I need a jacket. Um, (laughs) But I would always, um, for my family and I's family picture, we would always go to Disneyland in December for like the Christmas stuff. And we would always take our family picture on Splash Mountain in winter when it was cold. But every single picture we have, we're always in our ski jackets, which I think is hilarious. Like you ha- you are wearing a ski jacket, not a poncho, a ski jacket <laughs> on Splash Mountain to take your family picture. Always my favorite. So I got to do that one. Ooh, that is a good one. So- know, that's super fun. If we... Maybe someday we'll live in California and we can do that. We'll steal the idea. Yeah. Yep, do it. <laughs> so sticking with rides and attractions, which one do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Matterhorn, hands down. That thing, they don't make jokes about needing to see a chiropractor afterwards for no reason at all. Um, I know they changed the the bobsleds a few years ago at Disneyland Resort. I don't know about um, Walt Disney World. Um Wait, do you guys even have the Matterhorn? No, you don't. No. Do you? no. Oh, you have the, the what's it called? The the thing with the Yeti. Expedition Everest. Everest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, and that's a good one. That one's really smooth. Yeah, I've heard so much good things about that, cause, but I only ever see clips of it, so I'm like, they're riding forwards, they're riding backwards, and they're riding forwards again. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that one needs a refurb just because, yeah, they changed the bobsleds. We all thought when it was being refurbished that they were changing the track, but no, they changed the bobsleds and somehow changing it from like the the lap seater that they had to the two-seated bobsled made it worse. Like it made it a lot more herky-jerky on people. And I know my boyfriend has back problems, so he won't do that. And I've gotten a few headaches from it myself. So that one changed the track. Please. <laughs> so you're not hyping this up. I was really upset. The one time we went to Disneyland, it was closed for, I guess, refurbishment or whatever, repairs. And I was super bummed out about it. But you're not hyping oh, it up too much. <laughs> you need you need to do it for the experience in itself. Like, you haven't gone to Disneyland until you are sore from the Matterhorn. That's an experience. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things that I think um, there was something at Walt Disney World either a month ago, a few months ago, that people were like, wow, this really is not a good ride. So we're going to ride it one last time before it gets changed to something better. It's it's the n- nostalgia feeling. It's the knowing that you were a part of the experience that everyone else hates. And you're <laughs> like, wow, I broke my back on the Matterhorn too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like, well, people hate on Dinosaur a lot in Disney World. Yeah. We don't mind it, but. it Well, this last time we wrote it, I was kind of like, oh, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty jerky. It's, it's basically a worse version of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The herky jerky is kind of smooth, though. It's like it jolts you around, but it's like a nice, smooth herk and jerk. <laughs> yeah. Take out the smooth and that's what you get with Dinosaur. All right. (laughs) So next question is, which land or area in the parks brings you the most inspiration? Oh, geez. Oh, that's a tough one. I've always loved Adventureland, but I hate how cramped it is. So it's like, wow, this place is so 
nice. And then you see the flood of people and you're like, wow, I can't move. <laughs> um, I've always liked, and it's a weird thing because I don't think anyone else will say it. I like Tom Sawyer's Island because no one goes there. And it's a great outlook from everything. You can see so much of just standing on top of that. And they have a lot of like caves to wander in and pirate ships to go up on. Like every time I go there, I'm like, I did not know this was part of it. <laughs> like, did they just put this in or am I just following a small child? And it gets pretty cramped in there. So it's like if you're claustrophobic, I wouldn't recommend it. But overall, I like that area just because it's it's self-exploring. It's not like someone it's not guided and it's not a ride. It's just kind of like what's over here. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's been way too long since we've been on Tom Sawyer's Island. I don't and know. I guess if they I've don't ever. call it anymore. It's Pirates Layer now, whatever they call it. Really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Huh. Yeah, they changed it a few years ago. It's something like, okay, all San Diegans will always call the San Diego Zoo Safari Park the Wild Animal Park. So I'm always I always know if I'm talking to a San Diegan if they're like, Oh, you work at the Wild Animal Park? I'm like, Yep, same thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> gotcha. A true Disneyland native will call it Tom Sawyer's Island and they will not budge on it. Interesting. That's good to know. So our next portion deals with food. So what is your favorite snack or your go-to snack? Okay. So 2019, I promised myself to try new things. So one of the things I've been trying is snacks because up until 2019, I had only really tried the popcorn and churros. I know. I'm a sinner <laughs> in the Disneyland. Um, but I've tried Mickey pretzel and I, I mean, I love bread. So that was a winner. Um, I like the seasonal stuff they have, but not as much as like the classics, just cause I think since it's seasonal that they try and mush as much Instagram beauty into it that sometimes like the flavors or the colors don't mix and it doesn't look like the picture. You know, like, why did I get this? <laughs> but I did just. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did just try one of their funnel cakes that they had, and that was pretty cool. Um, but I, as for go-to, it's got to be true. It's classic. I know it's always going to taste like a cinnamon-dusted pixie wonder. Um, but, yeah, that would be my go-to and favorite. You know, like Disney World does not have good churros. Some people might argue with that. But when we were in Disneyland, I don't think we tried just a classic churro. We only tried the seasonal the, Halloween one. The fancy, ones. yeah. We tried like yeah. the Maleficent one, the, the s'mores. Yeah. So I've heard like mixed feelings on all the flavors they bring because I've never tried one of the seasonal churros. I've only had the classic because I feel like I'm scared to try something different in terms of a churro because I know it it'll probably be hit or miss with the flavor. Like you know the flavor is going to be cookies and cream and then it'll come out like plain chocolate and you're like okay cool this was not what i bought <laughs> yeah next will be your favorite table service and quick service restaurants oh uh table service is going to be lamplight lounge um formerly the cove bar mm -hmm. yeah that's it yeah love that place the place is amazing i could spend hours there um as for fast food or quick food i love the cozy cones i mean there's like five of different ones for you to choose from. So it's like you got it all. You could get a snack or you could get like one of the mac and cheeses. And I love mac and cheese. So they had the bacon mac and cheese. That's a go-to for sure. Didn't you eat that when we were there? Yes, and it was amazing. And the great mm -hmm. thing about 
Disneyland in California is that it's not like 90 degrees. So you don't feel like you're just dying eating like mac and cheese in a bread bowl. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you would if you were in Disney World. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see everyone's posts and they're like, wow, it's 95 and 100% humidity. And I'm like over here in my 75 degree weather. I'm like, mm, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. <laughs> yep. So we'll end with just some of your favorite Disney. So first one is your favorite Disney movie. Tron Legacy, hands down. Ooh, we have never heard that before. No. Oh, that's good. So I that pride is... myself. I, I have a followership behind this because um, one of these times someone posted a meme. They're like, um, if you were held captive, what would you and they but your captor would let you post on Instagram. What's the one thing you would put up to let people know that you weren't OK? And my response was like, Tron Legacy is not that good of a movie. And all of my followers were like, we would know you were dead. That's what that would mean. I've made it a point. That's hilarious. So, I mean, that's reason enough that you have to come to Magic Kingdom once Tron opens up. I am up. so excited. I'm like, wow, I don't have to fly to Shanghai anymore. Great. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, that would be much easier to get to than Shanghai. Yeah. Plus it. Hits my bucket list of staying three weeks there. I would literally be out front the entire time in just a different Tron shirt every single day. Be like, well, what's today, guys? Let's do it. So the next one is your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or just any of the movies. Oh, you know what? I don't think I have a specific favorite, but I've always liked the it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Because that's kind of what we're doing on Instagram with trying to be better than what we were yesterday. It's working against the algorithm. It's trying to find our groove and what we want to post and doing the impossible of finding that out within ourselves, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's a very good one. Our very last question of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney Parks memory. Oh, Jeez, I have so many. <laughs> I can't just pick one. Um, you know what? I actually don't want to pick a favorite of that one because I have way too many memories with some of the greatest people you'll ever meet on the face of this planet that I'm not going to limit it to one experience and one person. But I, I love going with my friend Ashley. You guys probably know her as Ash Taylor, which is two H's. Um, but she's a wonderful human being and I love going with her because we always have a great time just like wandering around the park. But then I love going with people who aren't Instagrammers. They're like my coworkers. And I just spent a weekend up with some coworkers there a few weeks ago. And that was a hilarious trip. So that in itself, I, I can't pick one thing. It's not limited to one person in one place and one experience. Yeah. I, I love- think that makes a lot of sense. For sure. So the very last question that we'll ask you and to kind of tie our interview together with a nice bow, what would be your piece of parting guidance that you would give to someone who is looking to become a Disney content creator or, you know, maybe they want to create their own products? It is going to be the same advice someone gave me five years ago when I started all this. It's stay connected with people. Learn to put yourself out there and ask for advice and ask for help and just make genuine friendships on this, not at the expense of someone else that's like, hey, can you do the follow for follow or shout out for shout out? 
It's like, don't go in with the intention of that, but go in with the intention of learning from somebody. Go in with the intention of being a fan of someone else. Don't start your Instagram thinking that everyone's going to be your fan. Just be a fan for someone else. And if they never follow you back, be okay with that. But it's having those connections with people is what got my page off the ground. It was getting shout outs from people that were my friends and wanted to see me succeed. And then it started becoming shout outs from pages that found me that are like magical makers, getting shout outs from them and having content that people want to give you a shout out for. And then it's slowly but surely the fans that you've created giving you shout outs for that kind of stuff. But I, I've never limited myself in who I talk to. If someone wants to learn from me, and I've answered this question over DMs a lot more than people might think of like asking me advice on how to start asking me advice on like, um, their designs or like how they should print or like my little tips and tricks. And I've asked that from other people there. When I started, um, doing the mouse ears and cold beers character pins, I asked, uh, one of my really close friends who makes pins. And I was like, I don't want to step on your toes. I'm going to be making pins, but I just want some of your advice on this. And if they're nice and decent human beings, they'll give that to you. So it's always about connecting with people for the genuine role of just connecting with a human being. Yeah, I love that. I've it, it reminds me of something I've read recently and then I've tried to adopt of try to be the best follower you can be on Instagram. Yes. So engage exactly. with other people, cheer on other people, and then that will come back around to you. So I think that's a really mm -hmm. great approach. And, and also... Like if you decide that you want to follow someone and you want to follow back, give them a reason to follow you back, comment on their stuff, start a conversation with them, do things like that. So I love all of that. I think that is very applicable knowledge that somebody can take and try to get something rolling. So I thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And I think nowadays with the, the algorithm, a lot of people get selfish about giving other people because they're like, what am I getting out of giving you more engagement? And I don't think it should be about that. It should just be commenting for the sake of commenting, liking for the sake of liking. If you like it, then like it. If you want to comment and tell them it's cute, then do that. But don't be stingy about what you put out just because you might not be getting the same things. Mm -hmm. That is exactly right. Well, awesome. Well, Donna, thank you so much for joining us. We have absolutely loved this conversation and I know our listeners have as well. So one last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. All right. So you guys can follow me on Instagram at brand by you. Don't forget that by you means that there's two Y's. <laughs> B-R-A-N-D-B-Y-Y-O-U. From there, you guys can find a link to my website and blog and shop. So that's pretty cool. Um, I do put out little videos on my Instagram, but you can also find them on my YouTube as well, which I'm hoping if you just type in brand by you, it should come up. But if not, then you can just find it on my Instagram. <laughs> Other than that, I think that's it. Or and then maybe Pinterest. You can find me on Pinterest, too. See, I don't even know where I am. <laughs> well, we will find all of them and we'll put all the links to those in our show notes. So. Donna, thank you again for joining us. We had such a blast chatting with you. Yeah, this was really fun, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? 
If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.